Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hey everybody, welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. Thanks for listening. My name is Mike Siegel. I am the host and creator of said podcast. Today my guest is Julie Fannin. And before we get to Julie, here's a few announcements. First, our website is TravelTalesPodcast.com. You can go there. You can see stories that I've written, stories that some of the guests have written. You can see links to their social media. You can see links to our social media. By that, of course, I mean Instagram, Travel Tales Podcast. We're at Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. We have a Facebook page. And on our website, you'll also find links to Stitcher Radio, Apple Podcasts. We're also on iHeartRadio and Spotify, basically anywhere you get your podcasts. So if you listen to us on those platforms, I ask you, as always, to please give a good rating because that helps more people find the show, that boosts our presence there, that makes us look good, and it costs you nothing. So if you can do that, I'd appreciate it. If you're sitting around and you're thinking, man, I'd be good for this show, or you know somebody who'd be a great guest on the show, or maybe you want to write me and say nice things or ask me travel questions, whatever, you can write me at TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. That's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. All right, today's episode was recorded on the road. More specifically, on the sea. I don't know what you're thinking. Oh, Mike performs on a lot of cruise ships, and he probably talked to somebody on a cruise ship. No. Well, it's a cruise ship, but it's not. It was the Uncruise. And I'm recording this on March 20th, and just returned a couple days ago from a week in Baja, California, Sur, with a company called Uncruise. And for those of you who are regular listeners, you know that I talked to a woman called Liz Galloway last year, who does PR for Uncruise, and she invited me to join a cruise in Baja, California, with her company. And normally I would never go on a cruise as a vacation, <laughs> when I wasn't being paid and performing on it. But the Uncruise is an exception. And I'm going to do a later episode where I talk to the captain and uh, the woman in charge of activities and so forth in a later episode. But this one, I talked to uh, Julie Fannin, who was a guest with her husband on the Uncruise. And I thought Julie had an interesting story. And it was definitely travel-related because she works for a company called naturalist journeys she's a co-owner and does pr and marketing for them and their big thing at naturalist journeys is ecotourism more specifically nature focused and birding yes we have our first birder on this program and now i know nothing about the uh, birding world and yes i'm referring to people who like to go look at birds everybody's got their thing while traveling and i'm all for this as long as i'm not going to shoot the animals or kill them in any way I'm not a hunter, nor am I a big fan of hunting, especially sport hunting. I don't, I don't get it, don't like it. But they're only shooting with cameras, and that's my kind of shooting. And it was fascinating to me to learn all about the birding world and what a big thing this is and how many people are really into it. So this is more bird talk than I think we've ever had in all the years I've been doing the Travel Tales podcast. But it was something new to me, and it was pretty interesting, I thought. Whatever gets people out and traveling and respecting nature... I'm all for it. If you want to look at birds and sit for hours in a blind or <laughs> whatever it is, uh, go for it, man. Go for it. Plus, I got to know Julie and her husband, Matt, 
you know, who are really cool to hang out with during our week on the Uncruise. They live in Ames, Iowa, where Matt is the women's soccer coach at Iowa State University, which is a big, you know, big school, Big Ten school. So he's doing well. Matt is English, but Julie is uh, American who grew up in Ohio. They have two kids and they were a fun couple to hang out with and nice people. But it wasn't until later in the week when she told me what she does for a living. And I said, we have plenty to talk about, lady. (laughs) Anyhow, it was great to meet her. And if you want to check out Naturalist Journeys and find out about the tours they book or any other information, you can go to naturalistjourneys.com. And until then, enjoy my chat with Julie Fannin. So Julie Fannin, of the famous Fannins. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Of the Matt Fannins. Mm. (laughs) Hmm. That's a stretch. Yeah, right. (laughs) My kids might be. (laughs) Okay. Give me your uh, the name of your company that you work for and the and the your title. Um, The company is Naturalist Journeys, and I am a co-owner of the company, mostly in charge of marketing and advertising and sales, but kind of overarching everything. And you started it when? I didn't start it. Um, the other, the owner, or the original owner started it 25 years ago. Wow, okay. 1998, I think. And when did you get involved? Eight years ago. Eight years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when you say naturalist, mm-hmm. this is not nudists. Not naturist. (laughs) Okay. Naturalist. Okay. Um, Meaning people who are into nature. Pretty much. Okay. We uh, are a birding and natural history company. Emphasis on birding. Okay. Um, But there are different types of birders. There are listers. There are non-listers. We're kind of in between. Now, a lister is what? A lister is a bird watcher who is on a scavenger hunt, wants to see each bird, check it off the list, and move on. Um, A casual bird watcher just watches and appreciates. We're in the middle, right? We want to watch and appreciate and understand the science behind why this bird is here, why why it's, how the geology affects it, how the habitat affects it, how habitat and climate change affect it. why its behaviors are what they are, why it's doing what it's doing. Um, If you had to do, I don't know, paint a picture of your average hardcore birder, uh what are we talking? Is there a certain age group, a certain kind of person? What kind of person? our company? Or any, you know, the ones you've come across. And sure, yeah, the ones who come to you. Sure. So we don't always get hardcore birders. Actually, hard... Really hardcore birders and listers, if they end up on our trips, are not happy and don't usually come back. They want a more fast-paced trip, and they would go to a different company. Okay. Um, but our average demographic is retired, well-educated, um, and pretty adventurous. They're, they're, they're willing to go places and stay places that are more accessible to better habitats and better wildlife than a luxurious lodge. 
Okay. So how many, like, in percentage-wise, how many of the trips that you book or offer are domestic and how many are overseas? Hmm. Probably 40% domestic, 60% international. So where do, where do birders want to go in America, say? Is it uh, obviously out in their mountains better or are, like, um, I don't know, grasslands of... <laughs> of the plains I, I'm not much, a birder so sure. I don't know it very much depends on what you want to see right? right there are migration trips where there are very very hot spots for migration when birds come across the gulf they kind of dump themselves along the Texas coast and Dauphin Island Alabama they truly have like come across the gulf and just ugh, like flop onto the ground You sometimes you have some things called a fallout the birds just fall out of the sky. They're so exhausted. And then they refuel, and then they move on. <laughs> most people don't realize that birds migrate at night, right? So there's uh, a big push with um, birders and ornithologists and conservation enthusiasts to turn their lights out at migration oh, okay. time and for cities to turn their lights out because birds just get totally derailed by the lights because they fly at night. Right. Um, so... And then there are a bunch of northern U.S. hot spots like Mommy Bay, Ohio, Cape May, New Jersey. Um, Cape May, New Jersey. Cape May, New Jersey. It's a very, it's called a migrant trap. Okay. And it's more of a migrant trap in the fall, coming back down. Birds get blown out to sea overnight and then they come back and they take a break. <laughs> so, a, certain, a certain kind of bird? or uh, Cape May is really well known for its raptor migration. Okay. Um, but there are other places in the U.S. that are well known for raptor migration as well. Um, Duluth, Minnesota is okay. a very special place to see raptors just pouring through. Pelee Island in uh, Canada is... Wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So people do migration trips in the U.S. We hardly have any international trips in April. They're all domestic trips because... Birders love the phenomenon of migration. They just think it's really special. Um, but other U.S. hotspots are southeast Arizona, where we have sky islands, like Tara was talking about last night, where there are these very specialized um, mountain ranges that have these microhabitats that attract interesting birds, right? So birds will... Southeast Arizona has a few really specialized birds that pop up from Mexico that can be seen nowhere else in the United States. Okay. Um, Big Bend has sky islands, so there's a lot of people who go to Big Bend to bird. Um, and then it just kind of depends on what you want to see, right? right? There are less birdy places in the U.S., but there are also incredibly birdy places. Or you could go to Nebraska and see 300,000 sandhill cranes yeah. okay. <laughs> in the Platte River. So... So in terms of foreign destinations, what's the most popular? I mean, are they like Amazon jungles and things like that where we do that. birds you can't get in America? You yeah. Know, kind of stuff like that? We do that. Um, I'd say our bread and butter is Central America. Like Costa Rica and places like yeah, that? Yeah, Belize, Costa Rica, Panama. Um, if someone's really, really keen on actually learning their neotropic birds, we recommend starting in Trinidad. Oh, really? Uh-huh, because there are... Trinidad's like seven miles off the coast of Venezuela, 
right? So Trinidad gets a few South American birds and a few neotropical birds and a few of the um, Caribbean Lesser Antilles birds. Okay. Right? But because it's an island, it doesn't have a huge bird list. So, and then we recommend people, if they want to build their knowledge, starting in Trinidad and then going Belize, Guatemala, Costa Rica, Honduras, Panama, working their way down the isthmus um, and getting to Colombia, which has the, the highest bird number of bird species in the world. Wow. So does yes. your, your company, do you set them up with a guide or anything like that? Or do you just book, we're going to book your hotels and, and your flights and things like that? No. Or? So we don't actually book flights. We're not a travel agent. Okay. We um, are the original owner. Her name is Peg Abbott. That's do you want me to spell that? No, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get that. Uh, yeah. That's fine. Her name's Peg Abbott, and she um, she's the most well-traveled person I know, right? And she knows how to plan a birding trip, right? She knows, okay, we're going to do these three lodges in Costa Rica. She'll call our Costa Rica operator and say, Gabby, I want to do this one, this one, this one. Gabby will say, all right. And she books it for us. And so we internationally, we have an internal operator. And then the internal operator provides local guides who are the experts. And we send down a group of eight to 10 people with a naturalist journeys guide as well, who serves as a second guide to her host, helps with language barriers, right. provides an evening checklist. <laughs> <laughs> so we do do a little listing, but it's not, it's not anything like some of the, the big listy companies. Um, and just kind of facilitates group interactions. What about like activities outside of like watching the birds? So they say, okay, we're going to, we set up a dinner for you. We set up a local culture yeah. dance that you're going to go see. We have a little bit of that. We truly are there for the birds with some like, oh, we're going to go to a cacao demonstration or right, okay. um, we're going to go have lunch with this uh, family in Brasso Seco at the top of... Um, at the top of the mountain in Trinidad, or um, we'll visit a Maasai village and you know meet the meet the people. Oh wow! Okay. Um, those are side trips. Have you gone on a lot of these? I haven't gone on a lot of them. Oh no, I know. When I started, our babies were really little, so oh, okay. <laughs> they couldn't be left alone for a right. very long time. Oh man, that yeah. would, that's tough. So, what are the um, what are like the toughest requests you get? Uh, like, I do they want like too much uh, detail or something, or I don't know. Are, do they, you know? We see enough clients that everyone's got a uh, suggestion, right? <laughs> right. Too much food. Too much food. Stop serving us so much food. Not enough food. Not right. enough fruits and vegetables. <laughs> when you when Lots you're planning that. food for people, that's yeah, a tough. Yeah, it's tricky. Area. Um, can you guarantee me a harpy eagle? I can't guarantee you a harpy eagle. Right. I can what? send you on certain trips that are more likely to see a harpy eagle, but I can't promise you a harpy eagle. Right. <laughs> so what happens when it's like, hey, look, we you know, we spent a lot of money for this. Yeah. We didn't yeah. see the birds we wanted to see. What? 
We're, is there some kind of guarantee or no? Or, absolutely okay. not. No. <laughs> There's no warranty. No, or and something? we're not going to chase birds either. Right. We're not okay. going to like if if we've got somebody on the trip who's really wanted to see a harpy. We're not going to boat or drive or hike them all over creation to see a harpy. If we see a harpy, right, on the itinerary, everything's good. <laughs> but we're not a chasing company, and there are chasing companies. Oh, They're really? The listing companies, right? So it seems like a lister would be, I don't know, not as fun, you know, to be I around. Think it's because probably more like just, a scavenger hunt for them, right? Right? Well, maybe, right? yeah, I guess, but it doesn't seem like. Uh, you know, uh, they're in for the love of it. Or maybe they are. I don't it's know. It's just but. a totally different... Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so how... What was your... Uh, a, your uh, history of travel and your history with birds before you got this job? I traveled a bit. Okay, were your families... Like, you're from Ohio originally. I'm from right? Ohio. Okay. Um, traveled a bit with my dad. But my dad is a retired naturalist. Oh, and birder. Oh, and guided okay. for the woman who um, owns this company. So there's a lot of bird talk growing Lots up. Lots of bird talk growing <laughs> up. I know more about Northeast Ohio birds okay. than most people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my dad got me into it. He said I was home with babies not using my brain (laughs) because we couldn't afford for me to go back to work and send our kids to daycare. Mm. And he just said, you know, she's super busy and she can't even spell her name right. And I think you could help her. And we had like a 10 minute phone call and she said, great, I'll send you some stuff. Oh, okay. So you work out of the house. I work from home. That's nice. I've worked from home for eight years. The whole company, uh, everybody works from home. Okay. Um, the, head offices in her home in Arizona. Um, but everybody works from home. And um, it's all women. Okay. Yeah. Well, what uh, trips have you taken with the company? I've been to Trinidad. Okay. Been to Arizona. Been to Alaska. Uh, when we lived in Ohio, I would hop on the Ohio trip just to say hello and eat right. lunch and kind of stuff myself in the van and <laughs> well, did you, look at birds. When you went on these trips, did you see all the birds you thought you were going to see? Not every time. Not every time. How much free time do people get? You know, say, like, how much of the day is taken up with bird-related mm-hmm. activities mm-hmm. and how much is, like, you have beach time if you want to go do it or shop mm-hmm. or whatever? Mm-hmm. So... Most of the lodges we visit are in prime bird location, which means they're not readily accessible to lots of villages or towns. Um, that being said, it's usually kind of broken up like we've been this week, right? So we have breakfast, a leisurely breakfast. People watch feeders at breakfast, see different birds coming into the feeders, hummingbirds. They oh, okay. usually have fruit feeders out for some other birds. So it's like breakfast with the birds, and then they'll go off on a morning field trip, come back for lunch, or have a field lunch. Sometimes they pack them up with a packed lunch and have a field lunch, and then they'll move locations and go to an afternoon activity. If, for example, they're staying in the same lodge for multiple nights and somebody's like, I just need a break, <laughs> they could stay back, right? right? Okay. But, yeah. And people do that. 
I mean, like you said, our clientele is typically retired to elderly, and sometimes they need a break. But we laugh and say that we often go at a birder's pace, which is, you know, walk 20 feet, stop, bird, right, discuss. (laughs) I got to imagine people are bringing a lot of equipment, like huge telephoto lenses and Uh, binoculars. Yes, usually... Well, everyone has binoculars. Sure. Um, We do get some photographers. We don't cater to photographers. We have a few photography trips where people can sit in blinds or work on some, like, macro photography or night photography, things like that. But um, not very often. Those are pretty specialized trips. Um, Guides always bring a scope. People are welcome to bring their own scopes, but usually the guide will carry mm-hmm. one. And the local guide, if you're internationally, will carry a scope as well. Do you? What are the Africa ones that you do? We do... Kenya? Morocco, Ghana, Kenya, Tanzania. Ghana? U- oh. Uganda. Wow, okay. Namibia, Botswana, South Africa. Ooh, it's a lot. Yeah. 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 Well, that's a big, big, big continent. Big continent. Yeah. <laughs> Ghana is new. We're very excited about Ghana. Yeah, it's interesting. That's all the other ones you named are pretty well known for tourists, but Ghana is a birdie. You're not going to get a lot of like big game safari. You're right. That's mammals. why. Yeah. yeah. It's much more birdie. There's a very specific bird everyone wants to see there. It's this like giant chicken that lives in a cliff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I forget what it's called. A giant but chicken. It's that lives really in a cliff. wacky looking. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's kind of cool. Are there any Australia stuff? We do do Australia. Um, Australia. People forget how huge Australia is, yeah, it's right? Massive. And so it's really hard to offer a very specialized trip for people coming around the world you know what i mean yeah so they're kind of like sampler trips do a little here do a little there um and they're usually quite long like 18 to 20 days we have uh, a papua new guinea trip that we pair with a a a north queensland trip so that people we time it so that they can do both if they want make the most of their flights over there but is there a certain rare bird that everybody wants to see and they still haven't like they keep going and going and going. And it's like, Do you know what that's called? What? Dipping. <laughs> I dipped on the osprey. <laughs> you today. dipped on it. Yep, it's called dipping. Okay. Um, Is there one that's just particularly elusive that everybody... Everybody has their nemesis bird. Okay. <laughs> their nemesis bird. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think I have a nemesis bird just because I haven't thought hard enough about it. <laughs> but everybody has a nemesis bird. Is there one you like always dreamed of seeing in person? Me personally? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Was your dad kind of like a? Uh, was he a lister or a? Uh, no. Ca- was, more casual. My dad's favorite thing to do. <laughs> He's in his eighties now. He says, "If you just sit." And watch. Everything starts to happen. Interesting. And I even found that when we snorkel, uh-huh. right? Matt wants to snorkel everywhere and everywhere and see everything. And if you just <laughs> float over one patch, all of a sudden you start seeing all the stuff. So <laughs> my dad was never a lister. He's a sit and observe okay. <laughs> kind of guy. 
Were you was your family growing up? Or was it mostly like driving vacations, or were you going to other countries? Oh no, we did not go to other countries. Um, we went to Ocean City, New Jersey. Sweet, yeah, yeah, and uh, a lot of my, pigeons there to see. A lot of pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> my dad would drag us down to the ends of the islands to like. The beaches are a little wilder at the ends. And he'd take us to Cape May. Oh, sure. And he'd drive us down to Assateague and Chincoteague and those kinds of things. Okay. So. What about you yourself? I mean, after college and stuff, did you ever do like the, I'm going to throw everything in a backpack and go around? No. Okay. <laughs> no. I got married right out of college. Oh. And divorced right after. <laughs> oh, okay. So it wasn't with Matt. It was Oh, okay. No, now we're getting into the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I really started traveling more when I met Matt. And, okay. you know, some of that was with ne- by necessity to visit his family in overseas. England. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we'll talk about that. I mean, had you been to England before you met him? I had not been to England before I met Matt. And what have you learned from it? Well, are you a fan? Do you like going back? I like it. It makes me appreciate our wide open spaces in the yeah. U.S. I feel very claustrophobic in England. And they right in London? No, they're in York, which is like uh, getting closer to the border of Scotland. Oh, way up there. Yeah, they're pretty high up. Okay, is that by Manchester? So Manchester, if you're looking at the map, is over here in York's northeast. Oh. Yeah. Close to Newcastle? Like that far? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's way up there. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be interesting. Like a 45-minute train to Newcastle. Okay. From York. That's got to be fun, though. It is fun. We do a lot when we go there. The weather's crap, but yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we it use is. it as a jumping-off point. Um, sure. Like last year, we took the Eurostar over to Paris and then mm-hmm. went to Rome. And oh, that's great. Yeah, left the kids with grandparents. Have you learned more about soccer than you ever wanted to? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think Matt's learned more about birds and travel yeah, yeah, than bet. he ever wanted to. I felt bad because I, even I <laughs> fell into the trap this week of asking you, let's see some bird. Yeah, like, and go, Julie, that? what's that? He does the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, there were some like casual birders on this yeah. boat, weren't there? Yeah, yeah. And actually, Susan and Walter have been on two trips of ours. Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Where did they go? They went to Thailand, which was a little... Thailand, wow. Yeah, it was a little too birdie for them in terms of... They were put on... They went on a trip with two of, like, our local guide and our Naturalist Journeys guide, who are, like, our closest to listers. Oh, hardcore. Yeah, they... they, um, It probably wasn't a good match for them. And then they also went to Cuba with us. We don't go to Cuba anymore. Wow, really? Yeah. Okay. Was this a, like a post-COVID thing you stopped with, or the visas uh, got tougher recently? Yeah, it was a administration yeah. thing. Yeah. It was <laughs> opener, more open, and then it was it closed was, again. Yeah, and I feel like it happens. Um, you have to get a very specific visa to go right. to Cuba. Yeah. Or they have to fall into certain categories, right? Like an educational, yeah. a research, a humanitarian, things like that. You could be considered educational, I guess, really. That's what we went under. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay, if there was like a... You personal travel, I mean, where haven't you been that you've always wanted to go? What are your bucket list places? I really want to go to the Pantanal in Brazil. Mm. And I really want to go to Botswana. Botswana? Yeah. I've never been. Yeah, I really want to do that. Why there as opposed to any of the other, like, Kenya, I'm, everybody yeah, says. Yeah, I'm really curious about the Delta. I'm really curious about the Okavango Delta. Oh, yeah. And I want to see these, like, 
swimming lions and elephants up to their <laughs> bellies and are yeah. you a, a thing is it with you that like birds are so much of your day job that when you go on vacation do you like I don't want to see a bird I'm good uh, not knowing what, I like what to they look exist. for birds okay. but I won't go out of my way I got it yeah okay you're no yeah. lister I'm no lister <laughs> I didn't bring my binoculars on this trip I kicked myself for that no. but I forgot well, they, they provide some <laughs> yeah they're not nice. very good but oh really I haven't seen them they, I mean they're big and clunky oh yeah they're they like for you know the average person whacking them oh, around yeah right <laughs> So, uh, is this something you've passed on to your daughters? You have two daughters? Yeah, I think so. I think they're both pretty interested. What do they think of, like, England when they go there? They I mean, love to go. They are they love just it. spoiled rotten by their, you know, relatives yeah. over there? Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. That helps. They love to go. They love to see cousins and family. And I don't know. They think it's fun. Worked really hard to kind of drag them all over the world with us. Well, that's great. You know, yeah. I never got that perspective growing up. They no, don't even know really how lucky either. they are yet, yeah. and, and hopefully they'll appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Later. We talk to them about learning how to be global citizens. Well, that's good. So. That's when you have mixed, you know, nationalities for parents, yeah. that helps. Yeah. Yeah. Have, have they? Um, it's interesting. Do they ever pick up? I guess they talk like their friends. Yeah. In Iowa, they they're not going like, to pick up your your. Well, Husband's our, accent. What's or, funny is our youngest is in speech because of it. And they said um, oh. it could be because of Matt. Oh. <laughs> he doesn't help. <laughs> she comes home with speech homework and he can't do it with her. Oh, no. Because she can't say her R's. Oh, right. Um, and they call things like, they call the windshield the windscreen. Yes. They call the trash man the bin man. Yep. And the boot so, and the bonnet of the they car. They don't do that. They call it like the wing mirror. Sometimes they call the grocery cart the trolley. Yep. So just I little know. things. The lorry and the... Yeah. You know, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be tough. They'll yeah. figure it out. They're, they're sponges, yeah. right? They do pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> what we got to do is teach them Spanish. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. something they could really use. Yeah. They were really interested. When we were in the Dominican Republic, they were really interested in like speaking Spanish to all the workers. Oh, that's great. Yeah. They weren't no. very good at it. No, but this is the time they, yeah. they just pick it up so easy yeah. now when they're the younger they are. Yeah, they're cute. I wish I had. That would be great. Yeah. Are they playing soccer? Do they into, Are they into it? No. Really? No. Not at all. Our oldest hates it. <laughs> and the youngest is going to do it this spring. Right. Just like, oh, sure, I'll do soccer. Whatever. <laughs> Where's your next trip? I think England. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we'll do a fun speed round here. Okay. Um, your worst travel experience, or like worst flying experience. How about oh, that? Oh, God. I was young and stupid and was like, <laughs> Matt was working in Denver and I was in Ohio and had I didn't have two nickels to rub together, so I booked the cheapest flight, you know, like, oh, this one's $25 cheaper. Oh, It'll boy. be worth it. And sure. it was like Denver to Colorado Springs to Chicago. <laughs> to- <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and, of course, it all got screwed up. Of course. And I was like, had to get a hotel in Chicago oh, and, no. you know, paid way more than I ended up <laughs> would have ever had to pay. So, I mean, it was just... a. a 
long learning experience there. How about overseas? Any injuries? Any uh, food poisonings? Anything like that? Any? You uh, never had to go to a foreign hospital or something? Never been to a foreign hospital. When we were in Belize, we all got belly aches. Yeah. Um, well, it's pretty standard. Sure. <laughs> it happens. Um, I don't think anything other than like standard standard traveler's belly are you an adventurous eater will you try yeah. like hey try this insect or whatever we crazy were in thing. iceland and we did the fermented shark we did like the oh. puffin and the two different whales That's the right. minke you whale like- and the fin whale and then we did try the fermented shark and you wash it down with like the icelandic equivalent of ouzo <laughs> you're oh. like swishing your teeth with the ouzo what's it what's it taste like it was a mo- it was ammonia it was straight ammonia oh. it was like rubbery ammonia so it's like that lutefisk that they yeah. have, like the Swedish do, yeah. and, and they do mm-hmm. in Minnesota still. That's horrible. <laughs> yeah, I'll try just about anything. Matt used to, if he was at a restaurant and there was something on the menu that he'd never tried before, he would order it. Okay. <laughs> and he still do that? No. Okay. <laughs> he had a tongue burrito one time that put him <laughs> off that. Oh, yeah. Lingua. <laughs> Linga. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. But I'll I'll try anything. Okay. Well, that, yeah. that's good. Yeah. How about, um, are you aisle or window? I'm usually window. Okay. Yeah. Are the girls good with flying? They, they, they love got to the hang fly. of it They're now? good I'm little sure. flyers. They don't often get their tablets, but when we're on an airplane... <laughs> They get their tablets, it up. Yeah. they get the snacks, they, yeah, they're good, they're good. Because that's a long flight. You know, no problem. Like, Those two will sit through uh, an international flight, an eight-hour flight to London, no problem. Oh, so you go to London, or do you, or do you fly up to Manchester? We go to London, and then Matt's uh, cousin runs the York Station, and so she'll come down, and she takes us up on the train. Oh, the train station? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's- that's a good contact to have. It's a really good contact. Yeah. <laughs> is there a first class section on that train? There is, and it's lovely. Oh, I bet. Yeah, I'm sure. When it's running. Yeah. We're not on strike. Yes, or whatever yes, it is. yes. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, so we usually take the train up. Okay. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, how did uh, your business do through? I mean, COVID was horrible for everyone. Yeah. But, I mean, did you shut down all together, or were you still. We still dragged along. We didn't have any bookings. We canceled dozens of tours from March all the way to the end of 2020. Um, If travel is an interesting cycle because you pay your final payment at 90 days out, right? And then that money goes to pay the operator, right? So your money's not with us anymore. Um, so we had people with credits that have been rolling over credits for right. two years now. They, they did have a time limit on it. Um, but we, so we didn't do anything for eight, nine months. Right. Um, on my end, it was a lot of work on the marketing team to keep people engaged so we'd send out newsletters just, you know, asking for people's feedback or like, what was your hook bird? Right. Here's hook birds from uh, our guide's hook bird. What bird hooked you? And then we put a blog <laughs> out about it, things like that. Um, so lots of lots of engagement type of emails. Um, we have a pretty loyal customer base, so they're always in. You recognize right. the people that are emailing you. Um 
At one point we did a bid for people to put down a deposit on any trip, just put down a flex deposit and we'll hold it for you and you can put it on a trip. So, I mean, there was some, some of that. Um, and then we started back up in January of 2021 with just a few trips domestically um, that we could control where they were eating, where they were staying, how they were eating, like picnic mm-hmm. as possible. And then everyone caravaned. They, the price was reduced and they've arrived however they could whether they chose to fly or chose to drive but then they would get a rental car or drive their own car and we'd caravan and do the trip caravanning right. and so that worked pretty well for a while um and then everybody got vaccinated and off we went all right <laughs> so we're on the uncruise now they always yeah. you know there's an environmental angle to yeah. what they're yeah. doing and do you have in your experience in this eight years, have there been areas or certain species or something that you've seen? I mean, or some of these have got to be endangered. Mm-hmm. And have you seen their like populations or something really take a hit? In the, I mean, there are certain people that come to you and they go, "We want to see this bird," and you go, "You know, honestly, that bird's not. We we're not seeing that anymore. Yeah, we haven't really had that experience. There's oh, no that's like good. dodo experience yeah, like, with our group. But, you know, people come with us to go up to Churchill or Svalbard to see the polar bears because, you know, oh, wow. polar bears, Yeah, they're threatened. So you book those too? Like, yeah, we, we go to Churchill. There's some really interesting Arctic birds that nest up there during that time. Yeah. We go in the summer. Um, we go to Svalbard, which is a cruise um, from Spitsbergen. Svalbard's a Norwegian archipelago up there, like right on the Arctic Circle. And um, we go really close to pack ice and see uh, polar bears oh, and Arctic birds, things like that. I've never seen a polar bear. I've never seen a polar bear. That's got to be cool. Yeah. Do you want to go on our polar bear cruise? Because <laughs> sure. we need numbers on that one. <laughs> Where does that leave from? From Oslo? Or? No, you have to get yourself to Rulu? No, Spitsbergen. You have to get yourself to Spitsbergen. Okay. Which is um, you go through sound Oslo. easy? It's not easy. <laughs> yeah. It's not easy. Um, certain times of year, though, too, right? What what times of year would that? We go in the summer. Okay. Yeah. Right. Because um, it would be, be too cold vicious and, yeah. in the in the uh in the God, winter that would be cool it would be really cool and you don't have to say specific prices but what are the kind of price ranges your trips deal with i mean is it super sure. super high-end luxury or is no it we're like not super high-end luxury um our people don't really care they yeah. just don't care they'd rather be in the best places mm-hmm. um i can tell you this Svalbard cruise a quad berth is four grand. That's a cheap one. For a week? Yeah. Okay. It's like a week. Um, something like this is, like, I think the list price is fifty nine ninety five. Yeah. A person. Um, Galapagos, if you're talking cruises, still Galapagos is a little more expensive at, like, 75 a person. Okay. Um, Belize, Costa Rica... Like eight days for thirty five. So you do work with certain cruise operators that you mm-hmm. work with all the time, and yeah, and, okay. But yeah. do you ever charter one 
all we for used to charter Galapagos. Yeah. Um, the company that we used to work with has gone. They used to have some smaller yachts that weren't super high end, but they've gone exclusively like oh. high end yachts, and they're gorgeous. They just our people just don't want to pay that amount of money. They just want to see the. The, Bird. the 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 birds and the <laughs> finches the and the bird. yeah and the <laughs> yeah they really just want the interpretation okay so um africa will run you more we do of do course, some yeah. really nice luxurious like permanent yeah, sounds like camps it. in africa glamping yeah oh. yeah so we'll do um some of our botswana trips for example have like six nights of mobile tented camps Mm -hmm. Uh, where they move, you know, there's a crew that moves your, like, tents around with you. Um, And then we'll do more nights in, like, a permanent tented camp or a deep water camp um, where it's, like, luxe. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, like, a Botswana trip will cost you 10 grand a person. Um, So interesting to me. I never, like... In all the years I've been doing this, I've never talked to like a bird centric. Yeah. There, there really are their own subculture. Yes, that, yes. You know, it's almost, I think of it, it's like it's almost right for a movie, almost like Best in Show. Well, did you watch The Big Year? <laughs> what is it? The Big Year. Okay. There is a movie. <laughs> there is a movie. It's Steve Martin and Jack Black and uh, Owen Wilson. I didn't watch, I didn't see it. Owen Wilson? He's the blonde, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's I hilarious. When did that come out? Uh, years ago. Right? Okay, that's yeah. not new. But it's based off a real person. Oh, okay. Yeah, Jack Black is a real person who we've, like, a few of our people know him. The guy he's based on? Yeah. Did he write a book? Is that how it all I'm started? I'm not sure. Okay. No, he did a big year. That's a thing. Okay, but you what You start he... January 1, and you see as many birds as possible. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, like... You know, there was a joke um, in the... It wasn't a joke. In the movie The Big Year, um, somebody spotted a Zantu's hummingbird, which is the endemic Tabaha hummingbird. Oh. Up in, like, Washington. And everybody was, like, flying to Washington to try to get this Zantu's hummingbird. <laughs> but if it's at all kind of on the honor system. And if you're not a photographer, you got to tell people you saw it. And yeah, I think they so. have to believe you. I right? think so. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. It's it's a really sweet movie. <laughs> All right. We really like it. I'll check it. it out now. <laughs> it's funny, too. It's Jack Black and Steve Martin, so it's definitely yeah, funny. Yeah, I know. I love all those yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there something that's, like, endemic to say a really uh, urban place, like New York City? I mean, is there, like, a certain... Do you send people to cities, or is it all out in the country? We have I mean, some interesting... It's mostly out in the middle of nowhere but like we have a really popular trip that does san diego and anza borrego and like kind of goes starts in san diego and kind of does a triangle out there um there's some really interesting birding in miami okay because um there's a lot of exotics that have been released there Oh yeah. So, so non people can see like a bulbul there. That's an Asian bird, but they can see it. There's a population there that it's like the parakeets in Scottsdale, right? Yeah. Like they're they're not native there, but I don't know. So we don't do a lot of city birding, um, but on a Florida trip, we will have like a day in Miami and hit 
some of the the parks that host these birds. What's the craziest r- request you've ever gotten from a customer? <laughs> I know they're kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They're not always requests; they're questions. Okay. What's Crazy the craziest question? question? I had a question one time. I was on the phone with someone who was going to Brazil, and. They're going out into the Pantanal. They're staying in these like working cattle ranches, these fazendas. And she called me and she said, I'm going to my university's health center to get my vaccinations. And they want to know, will there be any street dogs or bats that I might be exposed to or other wild animals? <laughs> thought yeah three dogs or bats. don't pet the dogs yeah yes there will be bats yes there will <laughs> be wild animals yeah. so get all the vaccines <laughs> have you ever um flat out told somebody who wants to see this certain bird and you're like Is you're not gonna, gonna see it yeah i'm sure yeah i'm sure um I was like, we'll take your money. <laughs> you know, you don't want to see that. You're not going to see that bird. Yeah. Um, off the top of my head, I can't think about it. but Or I can't think of one, but I'm sure. Right. Yeah. What's like the rarest bird people always want to see? Like the one that's really hard? I don't know. It depends on where you are or what you're looking for. Yeah. Like in America, say. I mean, is there some real, like, uh, eagle that... Uh, condor or something? Or? Uh, well, a California condor. Yeah, I've never had, seen one. Yeah, I mean, there, there's been a really, really serious conservation yeah. effort. They're almost gone. I yeah. Mm-hmm. People want to see the whooping cranes. Where are those? There's a resident population in South Texas. Okay. Um, but whooping cranes had numbers in the, like double digits. I mean, those are the ones that you would see. They would, like, hand-rear them with the, with the glove. Oh, okay. Right? And then they would uh, fly with the ultralights. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, they're doing a little better, but whooping cranes are super rare. Um, on our Platte River trip, when all the sandhill cranes are in there, every so often you'll see a whooping crane and people lose their minds over it. <laughs> um, they're really cool. And they're yeah. totally different than any other crane you'll see well there's only two cranes in north america but wow um people really want to see in southeast arizona there's a trogan an elegant trogan that pops up from uh mexico and it nests and lives in southeast Arizona and a few years ago during COVID an eared quetzal came up and like spent some time in Cave Creek Canyon in southeast Arizona and people were losing their minds (laughs) people were coming from all over the country to see this bird that's amazing yeah it's really cool everybody's got a thing you know whatever your thing is I don't judge people by their thing anymore just like if that makes you happy, you're not hurting anybody. Yeah. You know, yeah. enjoy your bird or whatever, windsurf or whatever yeah. th- your thing is. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So, do you have like a thing, like, like something you would really pursue like that? Well, I don't know yet. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've started gardening. Oh, okay. Like vegetable gardens. 
Oh, that's its own subculture. Yeah, yeah. Look at people. Well, whatever it is, there's a website yeah, for it. Yeah. <laughs> I garden it. and I try to grow cut flowers and I quilt in the sun, in the winter. <laughs> That's great. Matt's like, gosh, you're an old lady. <laughs> <laughs> I knit. I yep. watch Murder, She Wrote. Yep. Yep. I made him hang me like grow lights from our basement so I can start all my seeds early. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Poor guy. He's a patient fellow. He is. <laughs> okay. Well, so where do you think, and I always ask this of every... But he doesn't. It's like all the places you've been uh-huh. and all the different people you've met from around the world and what you've seen. How has it changed you as a person? And how has it changed you, your opinions on the world and how you relate to it? And with people. Um, I think it's really important to go see the world and remember that this shiny package we put together in the United States, even if you're going to places domestically, the the shiny, pretty package we put together in the United States is not how most of the world lives, right? Um, I think it's really important for me to see that. I think it's really important for our kids to see that. Um, our, we really hope to take our kids on... Um, service trips not mission trips but service trips so mm-hmm. that they give can, something back yeah and experience how yeah ex- give back and experience how other people live and do something important beyond themselves um i think it's just really important to see the world i mean you live we live around a population of people that just don't leave they don't leave town they yeah. don't leave the country they don't leave the state and you know they their life view is really small and that's okay for a lot of people but you know it's really important for me and for our family to to experience it all and yeah, yeah. that's great yeah so now you can get in your official plugs again Tell us the name of your uh, company. Are there websites? Can you follow you on social media? Yes. Or are you personally, too? Are you on Instagram or anything? I like am, that? but I'm private. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't be private. Yeah, okay. I what don't about, know. I've I got, like, well, what about 100 your, your followers. Uh, so, yeah. The company is Naturalist Journeys. The website is naturalistjourneys.com. Um, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Okay. We're not on Twitter. Okay. And the best way to reach out if people want to, like, book something with you is online? Uh, yep. Hop online. We have a really good calendar of tours. You can see every tour we have available on a calendar link. Um, it's naturalistjourneys.com slash destinations. And if you want to talk to our travel planner, her name is Jessie, and it's travel at naturalistjourneys.com. <laughs> Perfect. That works. Thank you so much Thank for doing you. this. Thank you. All right, you ready for happy hour? Yeah. I think me too. Thanks, Julie. (laughs) Thank you.